And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is week one of the college football season, and we've made it. We finally have made it. Um, we haven't gotten off to the best of starts today. Uh, I've been having massive technical difficulties. My notes that I prepared for this are just gone. Um, so that's fun. So we're we're just gonna do it all, you know, by the seam of our pants, I guess, today. Um, we're excited though. It's week one, it's just me today. We're going to talk a little bit about the marquee matchups, kind of what's going on in college football this week. If you're new to the show, welcome. Happy to have you. Hopefully we win you some money this season. Um, if you are a longtime listener or listened last year, you know week one, not a ton of betting action on our point. Um, main reasons being, you know, college football is just be- week one is just becoming harder and harder to kind of project what's going to happen because there's just so many now moving parts. Uh, numbers are getting out, you know, much further in advance to the season. So the professional bettors have come in and, and kind of bet these and pick them off and um, kind of picked them clean to this point. So there's a couple where I'll let you know, kind of, Hey, I'm putting my money to work here. This is, this is a bet that I am actually bad backing. Um, but a lot of it, we'll just go through the games, kind of talk about it. Hopefully, we help you find an edge if you're trying to bet it. Um, we'll give out some leans and things and, and kind of go through it. Um, so let's just start top of it. You know, Thursday, we're recording this early Thursday afternoon. Florida versus Utah. College football, I love it. But unlike college basketball, week one just doesn't have a ton of marquee matchups. It's not a bunch of Titans going after it. You know, in college basketball, first couple of weeks, you have just these big powerhouse programs going after it um, to open up the season. Obviously, college football is a little different to the nature of it. There isn't a huge incentive to schedule big conference games uh, this early in the season. Um, and that's kind of why we don't get that. We have a couple, obviously, FSU, LSU, which is just going to be an awesome game on Sunday. Um, but Florida, Utah. Rematch from last year's opening game. Florida is going out to Utah. One of the best home field advantages in college football. They have yet to lose a home game with fans in it since 2018. Florida's travel plans got off to a bit of a rocky start due to the hurricane. So they spent a little time in Texas, got a practice in, then flew out to Utah. This is this is new territory for Florida. They don't typically, you know, play outer conference games outside of the swamp. Um and we had we alluded to this during our preseason breakdown. It's been, I think, talked about a lot here. It hasn't been officially announced just yet, but Cam Rising is looking like he's going to be out. Him and um, his number one tight end weapon are both dealing with some pretty significant injuries that they're trying to come back from from last year, um, and that that's going to be hard. You know, Brent Cuthy, arguably the best pass weapon in this this offense. I would say easily actually the, the best pass weapon in this offense is, is probably also not going to be available. And if he is, we'll have to kind of see where he's at in his recovery process. Um, and that, that makes it tough. We've seen the numbers start to adjust. It's down to five. Now uh, Utah is still the favorite. Once they're announced, I have a feeling that the, the number is going to move again. Um, and that at that point, money line might not be a, a terrible option. Florida's coming into this game with a ton of questions. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Billy Napier. I think that, you know, there are some struggles trying to rebuild that Florida program back to where it was. It's no excuse. Um, it's still early in the rebuild. We'll see if Florida gives him the ability to to kind of build it out like he wants to in the runway to do so. Um, but this is going to be a really big game to test Florida and see where they're at to compete in the SEC this season uh, because they spoke to it last year and, and coming into this year that they they definitely got a little bit 
you know, shocked and awed by the physicality of, of Utah. Um, it's one of the reasons we've backed Utah the past two years to win the Pac-12. And that's been wildly profitable for for us here at Trophy Kids Podcast. Hopefully you've been able to cash some of those future tickets with us there. Uh, but Florida's going to be going up against one of the best Pac-12 defenses there is. And this is a tough defense. This is a hard-hitting defense. Graham Mertz steps in at Florida. We know what he was at Wisconsin. It wasn't very good. Now, part of that is definitely on him. Um, but part of it's just Wisconsin is not the greatest place for developing quarterbacks. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. I think on Trophy Kids Podcast was one of the first to really kind of call for, hey, Paul Christ is he's probably got to go um, if if Wisconsin wants to kind of keep up in modern-day football in the, in the direction the conference is heading. Instead, Luke Fickle. And, you know, he's kind of talked about that and the changes that are happening in Wisconsin. So all that's to be said that Graham Merce is stepping into a much better situation in Florida. Um, you know, he, he's got more talent around him. He's got kind of a more conducive or a coaching staff that is more conducive to developing him as a, as a passer. Let's see what he looks like. Um, this is going to be a huge test, a big measuring stick here. Uh, to see what he looks like. I don't think the ceiling's too high. I'm not overly optimistic, but this is a big game to kind of see where these two programs are at in two very competitive conferences. We talked about conference realignment in last po- or in the preseason breakdown podcast and with conference realignment, the Big 12 is a survivor. The Pac-12 seems to be dying um and not really thriving. But when it comes to the actual product on the field this year, it's almost the reverse. You know, the Pac-12 is really going to thrive and the big 12 is just going to kind of try to survive because Texas is head and shoulders above everybody else in that conference. There's good coaching um, and in decent teams, but overall the product's going to be down where the PAC 12, I mean, the bottom of the conference is certainly not great, but the top tier of that conference, whew, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very competitive. Offenses are going to look great. Um, the PAC 12 is going to be a lot of fun. So this is a big measuring stick for Utah's defense too, just to see where they're at. Um, I don't have a huge play on this right now. I think at this point, I maybe lean a little bit more Utah. You know, Jackson in the backfield is going to kind of give Florida some fits, I think. I got a lot of questions about kind of what this team looks like. Uh, but this is a big wait and see game. All right. In steps, Colorado, TCU, uh, line set at 20 and a half, over under is 63 and a half. Look, folks, Colorado's going to be bad this season. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I just, I don't think, one, they have the depth or the talent on the lines, um, and that's going to be a real problem. I think it's going to really show in this game. Um, It's going to be a hot game. The offensive line, man, it's... It doesn't look pretty on paper and and maybe the coaching staff has done a a phenomenal job above expectation in in developing this, but I just, I don't have a lot of hope for this, this Colorado team, um, both on the defensive or offensive line. That creates a real problem. There's great talent at other positions. Um, You've got two stud corners, safety positions, a little questionable, you know, Deion Sun is a very talented quarterback. I think it's going to take him a second to kind of get his feet under him um, as he makes the big jump uh, into power five football. I think this is tough. Now TCU, obviously this isn't just like a cakewalk They're They've got a lot of, you know, they're, they lost Duggins to the NFL. There is certainly more continuity here. Um, players will understand their schemes a little bit more. I think that's where TCU can kind of take advantage here is there's so many new moving parts with Colorado everything is new. I mean, it's the most turnover we have ever seen in college football from a college roster standpoint. 
I am concerned about what it's going to look like from a product on the field standpoint, because, you know, are they going to be all on the same page defensively? Are there going to be a bunch of busted coverages because they're not on the same page and TCU, you know, they know this offense now it's year two. Um, these players are familiar with it. They're going to be on the same page and in sync. I don't know if I love the 20 and a half number. Um, but yeah, Colorado, there's a reason they've been bet down to three and a half win total. Um, it's not going to be pretty. I, I don't think this game is going to go great. Could they maybe recover 20, maybe with the new format? But like I said, it's going to be hot um, for this game. That's going to really test some conditioning. It's going to test the depth. You know, they're not, they don't have a lot of guys to rotate in and out. Um, and that's, that's a big problem. So we'll kind of see how that one plays out. I, I don't initially love it, but we'll see. All right, let's kind of talk about a big game here, and that is LSU versus FSU. Actually, you know what? Let's first talk about South Carolina and North Carolina. South Carolina, North Carolina, line is at two and a half. Over under is at 64 and a half. This is going to be one of the, the more fun games to kind of watch, um, I think. There are some big question marks around this, and, and that's why it's going to be fun for me. Um, let's talk about South Carolina's side of the ball. Spencer Rattler's kind of, we know who he is at this point in time. Um, he, he, I think there is a lot of reasons to be nervous about this team. I know that they had a great end of the season last year, some big upsets. Um, but this is an offensive line that I've got a lot of questions about. Um, I got a lot of questions about the wide receiver room. Last two seasons, South Carolina has led the SEC in turnovers. They've also led in takeaways defensively, uh, but you never want to be leading in turnovers. Spencer Rattler gets rattled um, quite easily. Uh, he throws a lot of potential turnover-type balls. Um, I, I'm struggling to see how this team can kind of win a bunch of games this year. Luckily, North Carolina doesn't have a great defense. Um, they're bottom of the barrel. Uh, with a lot, you know, last year. So the secondary is a little tough. Um, I don't know if South Carolina has as the guys to kind of take advantage of that. What I do know, though, is North Carolina presents a problem offensively. You've got Drake May, number one in EPA per pass attempt last season. Um, we'll see what that offensive line looks like. But I've got a lot of questions about the South Carolina defense because this is a defense that was bottom 15 in rushing yards allowed um, in college football last year, even in the, the last five games, they averaged two, 251 yards given up on the ground. So North Carolina, I think is going to be running the ball a lot here, um, which you don't love to see because you have Drake may top two quarterback prospect in the country. Like I said, number one in EPA per, per pass attempt last season. But obviously I think the recipe here is let's keep it on the ground Let's run it, which presents some interest in the total at 64 and a half and a potential under number in the new format. I, I'm a little hesitant to bet totals right now with this new format because we have such a small sample size of it. But if it repeats last week, total might be interesting to play around with because I don't know if South Carolina is going to be able to muster up a ton offensively. Um, and North Carolina is probably going to be running the ball a lot, you know three, four-yard chunks at a time. 
you know, try to gash the South Carolina defensive line um, who lost a ton of talent. Um, not that there was a ton of talent to begin with, but they lost their two best edge rushers. Um, they didn't really go out in the portal and, and attack the defensive side of the ball and, and try to grab guys. Um, so I, I think North Carolina is the side here at two and a half. I, I think the unders probably in play as well um, based on, on the potential strategy going with that one. West Virginia, Penn state. This is a fun, just watch what we got on Penn state, Penn state. We talked a lot about it in the uh, preseason show last week. This game, I have a lot of interest in, I don't think West Virginia is going to be able to muster a ton um, against this Penn state defense. Manny Diaz. Not a head coach, phenomenal defense coordinator. And the front seven for Penn State is about to be lethal. There are some questions about the interior of the defensive line going against the big boys like Michigan um, offensive line and, and kind of when we stack them against them. But for teams like West Virginia and stuff, whoo, this defensive line should eat. I mean, it is really deep. I watched that spring game twice. I mean, even the second tier guys were eating against Penn State's offensive line, which doesn't speak well, I don't think, for Penn State's offensive line necessarily. But holy hell, this defensive line in front seven is going to be really good. Linebackers are solid, as always. Secondary should be interesting. You know, let's see what this looks like. They lost two guys to the NFL. Um, can they replace them? It's certainly going to help. The pressure rate that Penn State, I think, is going to muster up this season. In, in West Virginia is a tough spot. I mean, there's already rumblings about the coach being on the hot seat. You lose your top four pass catchers. Don't really know how you're going to replace them just yet. Quarterback has a lot of questions. Not the most accurate guy. Um, but this is going to be, this is a big game to watch for Jewel Alar and the Penn State offense. The spring game wasn't great. Then again, you were going up against a defense that I think is going to be really good. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But we need Drew to be way more consistent and way more accurate with the ball. He's a big kid, great arm. Um, what does the consistency look like here? You know, if he struggles here, we need to maybe pause the brakes a little bit. I think they're going to be probably a little conservative offensively. I don't think they're going to open it up a ton against West Virginia. I don't think they're going to necessarily need to. Um, but let's see what he looks like. Uh, this is going to be our first opportunity to really see him here. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very fascinated uh, in what that's going to look like. All right. Now let's talk FSU, LSU. Game of the week. This is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome game. Um, line is set at two and a half. LSU is the favorite over under 56 and a half. And this is a huge measuring stick for what these two teams want to, to do this year. Um, I think going into this game, both teams are pretty happy with the development and as to where they were last season going in, going into last season um, versus where they're going into this season. LSU is going to be bring in a, a more improved offensive line, I think, but Florida state brings in a, a much more improved front seven. Um, I think Daniels is, is the real question here. What does he look like? You know, he put on some weight to help him um, last the season in the sec. We know what he can be as a runner. Where is he at in his development? Has Brian Kelly got him to that next level? Because if he has, whew, this LSU team is going to be a lot of fun. You know, can he get to his second reads? You know, can he be more aggressive and pushing the ball down the field? Against the secondary, let's face it, folks, last year, 
was sort of a, a weak point for Florida State's defense. You know, can this LSU offense step up? What does the receiving core look like? Um, I think everything's ahead of schedule for Brian Kelly. We know Brian Kelly is a phenomenal football coach. Maybe not the best off the field, obviously. Uh, that might be the understatement of the century. But as far as the X's and goes, X's and O's go, Brian Kelly is top tier. Um, and his development of quarterbacks is kind of where he really puts his fingerprints on. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Who can win in the trenches? You know, is it this Florida State defense line? Is is the LSU offense line ready to, to take that much, that next step, um, return a bunch of dudes? So this is going to be really fun to watch. I think when you flip it, this is where I think we start to lean more FSU from a betting standpoint, um, especially if this number gets to three. I, I really love it. Um, but the Florida State offense is ready for that next jump. It's ready for that next leap. Travis has been one of the best stories from a quarterback developing we've seen in a long time. I mean, this guy is fantastic. Mike Norvell went out. He got himself some tight ends to add some different formations in there. You got some good pass catchers. The offensive line you know, has 207 starts combined. A lot of returning production there. I think they are much improved. There's been a lot of talk about added depth there, um, which is really, really good. Um, and you're going up against an LSU line that I've got questions. I got questions about what this front seven is going to look like. You know, can they get after the quarterback? I don't know. This is this is this is the fun of this game. Is we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about where this this team is at, um, and kind of how they're gonna navigate this. I, I'm very excited. I you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger. I oh, man, I am leaning FSU right now. I will tweet out the official bet on Trophy Kids Pod at Twitter on Twitter. Make sure you're following. I I, I think FSU's got this one at two and a half. Maybe buy the, the the half a point, get to three. I've got some serious questions about this LSU defense. Let's see how that plays out and kind of where we go from there. Um, so it's gonna. Those are kind of the the bigger games. You know, we're going to see, you know, Clemson do kind of finish it out. What does that Clemson team look like? I, I do think they're going to be a little bit down this year. Um, You know, love to can't wait to see what we get from from Penn State um, and, and what they look like. It, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for this. This is a, definitely a quicker uh, podcast. Have to get it out. Heading up to Maine for a wedding this weekend. Um so I just wanted to get something out in front of you. We'll be back in full force starting next week. Um, Dante will be back. He's out in Las Vegas right now. Lucky him. Um, but we will we'll be back in full force then. And as always, peace.